0: Hello friends, I'm your host, Dr. Dave Layton. and thank you for joining me in our journey to hope. It is my desire through this podcast to bring you information about how to discover, sustain, or perhaps regain hope. I'm joined in this episode by a good friend and brother in Christ, Keith Kassarjan. He will be discussing the topic of investing in hope. Well,
1: hello, Keith. Hi, Dave. It's good to be with you this evening, and uh, I appreciate you uh, inviting me to join you on this podcast. Well, it's a joy to me, and I think we've got a very
0: interesting topic. Friends, we're going to be talking, as I said, about investing in hope. Well, let's begin by telling our audience a bit about yourself and the unique activity you have dedicated your life to
1: well i've preached full time for 20 years and for the last 12 years i've been involved full time in training preachers around the world and uh and that is something that is very rewarding also uh, a big return on investment so to speak to stick with our theme because uh there is an investment but the return is great and- yeah you know our lord told us you got to commit everything
0: that's a pretty serious investment to be a disciple of our lord
1: yeah yeah, so uh, that's what I'm involved in, and it's very, very rewarding. Great.
0: Well, I know in the past, in in uh, before you were engaged heavily in what you're doing now, uh, you. Uh, well, I tell you what, I forgot to ask you about that. Uh, what are you doing now? through Bear Valley Bible Institute, uh, because I think that's very unique.
1: Yeah, we're, uh, like I said, for the last 12 years, been been involved in training preachers around the world with the Bear Valley Bible Institute. Uh, We are currently working with, as of uh, next month, it will be 62 preacher training schools in 31 different countries around the world. So it keeps me pretty busy.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and also, it's a running a joke between the two of us about, uh, well, where are you going to be in town today, or how long are you going to be yeah. in town, or <laughs> whatever, because both of us travel quite a bit. Yeah. But Bear, Bear Valley is a, a, a wonderful institution training preachers, as you said, worldwide. It truly is taking the gospel. But what I like about it is where you go, you're training people that are local. Yeah. They're yeah. taking over the work rather than relying on, Folks, missionaries, or whatever, coming from the United States.
1: Yeah, there aren't enough of us, oh, and there isn't good. supposed to be.
0: That's right, and and so I think you're you're doing well. You're not just planting churches; you're you're training the preachers and teachers right. there, right. and they are doing the work in their own country. So that that's a wonderful ministry, and uh, again, keeping with our theme about hope, it truly is expanding the opportunity for hope that people can find through our Lord. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the past, you, as I started to say a minute ago, you, you were involved somewhat in the investment industry. And, and I think this gives you a very good basis from which to talk about our topic of investing in hope. So explain how, from your perspective, investing in the market and perhaps investing in hope have some
1: similarities. Yeah. There are quite a few similarities. When you first suggested this topic, uh, it took me about three seconds to think about how exciting this was. And the more I've thought about it, the better it is, because uh, there are a number of similarities. Um, yes, I've been involved in investing. Uh, and I, I, I love the idea that you can invest something and gain more from it. Uh, and that's pretty exciting to me, especially considering it's a, it's a really good use of the resources God has given us. You remember the, the the three servants that he left the talents with, that was money. And he praised the, the ones that were wise with it and actually grew it. And in investing, wise investing, we have an opportunity to do the same thing. Uh, next week, I'll be speaking at PTP and they've asked me to speak on investing to the college students. And I'm excited about that because I think I'm going to share some things with them that is just going to blow their mind that... Things I wish I knew at that age, um, but didn't. PTP. Yeah, I think you might want to explain that. Polish, to yes. Yes. It's Polishing the Pulpit. Very big conference every year in Sevierville, Tennessee, usually about five or 6,000 mm-hmm. people. They're the college age track. And uh, I'm going to get to share some of these things with the college students.
0: Okay, great. So, again, uh, m- keeping with that idea of investment. Uh, people generally want to build wealth so they can be more comfortable in life and provide for a future, certainly retirement. I know as I was working uh, or growing and working in, in my uh, adult years, uh, approaching retirement, I was watching very closely how my investments were going because I knew, hey, I'm going to be retiring out there and I'm going to have to live off of that. Do is it enough to right. live off of yeah. And so that was very important. But it brings to mind Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. I want to read that real quick. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Our Lord in the Sermon on the Mount there, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. You know, if we stopped right there, it sounds like our Lord is saying, "Don't, don't invest in your money. That's not his point at all. Because then he goes on and says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. He makes that great statement. And I'm going to let you take it from there, brother.
1: Yeah, you know, I I noticed you said that people generally want to build up wealth, but I'm not sure that's exactly true. People want to have wealth. Okay. They just aren't always willing to build it up, to make make the investment, to have the discipline. Uh, you know, to, because they want that. And, and if you look at the savings rate among Americans now, it's really bad. It, takes a, it yeah. takes a commitment. People want to have it. And I think the same thing is true of hope, right? People, when oh. they need it, like when it's suddenly things are down, they want to have hope, but what have they done to invest in hope before then? Right. So, if you're suddenly retired, you will want to have enough to live on. But if you haven't made preparation before, then you, it won't happen. And so uh, I think the same thing is true with hope. And that's why uh, these analogies, these parallels between investing with our finances and investing in our spiritual well being, which leads to hope, are, I think, very uh, compatible parallels. And uh, I'm excited to think about a few of these.
0: You know, I- again, I mentioned that I had paid attention to the what was going on with my investments and, and they were tied in several different ways to different stock market type of activities. So I'd watch that stock market. Well, sure enough, something would happen. Market would take a dip. Something would happen. Market would go up. It was just up and down, up and down. And I can't help but also think about that in real life and how that challenges our hope life happens. Uh, this past year, I fought leukemia. Uh, I have talked with people that have relationship issues and, and have family issues and financial issues and all kinds of things, storms in their life. So life events happen. And so it seems people's trust or excuse me, people's hope goes up and down, uh, just like that stock market goes. But one thing I found out and I invite you to maybe talk about that just a minute. One thing I found out is if you have a good basis, a good core that is there, is solid, then you you're you're going to be challenged, but it's not going to be destroyed.
1: Yeah. And and you know, again, continuing the parallels, I think about First Timothy six seventeen, where Paul told Timothy, instruct the people to not put their hope, there's our word. In riches and the and what he said was the uncertainty of riches uh and so the, yes, the finances can go up and down there is uncertainty in that, but what he's saying is the certainty is putting our faith, our hope in him and
0: yeah, and I don't want anybody to think that you are either one or against growing wealth or or having a comfortable life. there's nothing wrong with that. So long as that is not your primary uh, thing that, you, that, that you're chasing after. Uh, I, I, love, I love where uh, when uh, God was commissioning Moses to go back to Israel or to Egypt and bring Israel out of slavery, then Moses was reluctant to do so. And finally, our Lord or asked him, what's in your hand? And, and Moses had the staff in his hand. And so it, it's a tool. Wealth is a tool. And so I ask the question, I have wealth, or if you have wealth, what's in your hands? How can I use that resource? So we're not against
1: no wealth. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh it's just a wise use of God's resources, is what it is. And the more that I can do that, the more I can support his priorities. Uh and these are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. You can have done, you could have made wise choices with his resources and be fully committed to him. You know, uh, one of the, for,
0: for several years, as as you know, had uh, worked with you very closely, uh, serving as a deacon for missions in our congregation. And I, I was always amazed. I, I would have people send me checks for several thousands of dollars. But I would also have people, I, I will never forget one sweet, sweet lady uh, my daughter was raising money to go to New Zealand on a mission, t- for a mission activity. And this lady came over and gave me a check for $8. That was truly a widow's mite. Yeah. I told yeah. my daughter, you need to go hug that lady's neck. Yeah. She has given out of her heart. Yeah. And that's wonderful that folks can give in that kind of a spectrum. But in, in both cases, they look at what they have and are using it. And and indeed, laying up treasures
1: in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Those that's the most important part. But again, it's not mutually exclusive. Um, One of the things, one of the parallels I see when talking about investing, uh, finances, and investing in hope is is that is this. In both of them, there is the expectation of a return. Yes, and you know, if you invest in a mutual fund or a company, you are expecting that there's going to be a return, right, or else you would not do it. Now, there's risk involved and you could, you know, not make what you had hoped to make, but there is an expectation of return. And so when we invest in hope, it is because we have an expectation that that hope is real and that hope is going to sustain us, that that hope is going to be there, especially in times that we need it to hold on to. And uh, I think one of the ways uh, our culture uses the word hope that is not accurate, we we use the word hope sometimes as a last ditch effort. Okay. You know, oh, well, nothing we can do now but hope and pray, you know, as okay. if hope and prayer are just the last alternatives. And really, they ought to be first. I think about what Paul said. Paul was in, uh, in Rome. He'd had a really hard time stretch of several years of imprisonment, shipwreck, snake snake bite, re imprisoned in Rome. And, and he writes to the Philippians in uh, Philippians 1, 19 and 20. He says, there's two things that have sustained me through all of this. Number one, the prayer of my prayers of my brethren. And number two, the hope I have in Christ. And, and we often relegate hope and prayer to the last alternatives. And Paul says those are the top two that have kept me going. You, you even hear people say, well, it's our last hope. Yeah.
0: And I, I tell people, the only time you lose hope is when you say, I, I give up hope. There's always hope. Yeah. And what we want to do, just like when in, in investment, is we want to maximize our return on investment. And we want to maximize our return on hope. And that is maximized because of our relationship
1: with our Lord. That's where we, true hope and sustained hope. Yeah, it's it's real. And Paul says, he, he phrased it this way, my the earnest expectation and hope. This, these are not the words of a defeated man. This, he, he basically said, I don't know if I'm going to live or die, but I'm going to win. Uh, and it's because I'm in Christ. And, and so we, we need to stop thinking of this, of hope in terms of, it's the end of the football game. We have to go 83 yards. There's two seconds left. We're just going to hurl a pass up and probably nobody's going to catch it, but maybe somebody will. That's not hope. That's not biblical hope at all. Yeah. There is an expectation of return. Um, Hebrews 11.1. One, yeah. Assurance of things
0: hoped for. Conviction. Those are not ambiguous terms. No. Those are strong terms. Yeah. That's right. Well, you know, there's another expression out there, and it's not at all a good uh, description of some folks. And sadly, it's there. And that's the idea of someone being morally bankrupt. That's that's terrible. The idea of bankrupt means I'm so far in debt in some fashion, there's just no way, I have no hope of crawling out of this. And so it's someone was described as morally bankrupt, there is still hope for that person, again, through our Lord. And, and I'd love for you to talk to that a little bit.
1: Well, it, that is true, and we know it's true from just looking at examples. I mean, I mentioned Paul a minute ago, but he was, before that, Saul, oh, yeah. who was yeah. persecuting Christians, who was completely against the way and uh and he changed and it changed his entire life and and the trajectory of many many other lives as well and in fact here we talk about him today and so there is always hope until there isn't and as long as we're breathing and we still have time there's hope now we don't need to uh, presume on time and you know think that we're going to be given more time to get things right but until there isn't hope there is. And, uh, that's one of the things we need to understand about this idea of investing in hope, because there's a second parallel that I see between these two. Not only is there an expectation of return, there is also an expectation that we will receive more than we give. You know, if you invested a hundred dollars in Apple, for example, and you knew at the end of the day, your investment is only going to equal $100, you wouldn't have done it, right? No motivation. Uh, yeah, no no no. In fact, one of the things I can't wait to share with these college students is that if they invest just $200 a month, $50 a week for 40 years from 25 to 65, that they will have only actually put in about $100,000, but over that 40-year period in a reasonable return, a realistic return investment vehicle, one hundred thousand dollars will be worth one point one million. It's amazing. That that's one of the things that's amazing about investment: the compounding interest, which Albert Einstein called the eighth wonder of the world. So um, you know, so you can you can take this and you can invest it, and over time, it will provide much more than you gave. And I think for those who have, over time through their life through their actions, through their convictions, and, and doing what they ought to do. They've made those small deposits in that HOPE mutual fund, if you will. Okay. And one day, they will discover that that fund has grown so much more and provides so much more than they ever put into it. I think that's an incredible thing to think about.
0: You know, you, you, you mentioned uh, uh, compound interest. Compound interest is a, a multiplying effect. Unfortunately, yeah. it, it, it can go negative if you're in debt. It can it can really increase wealth if you're not in debt and able to sustain investments and stuff. Well, hope is a multiplier mm-hmm. because as a person grows in their hope, their quality of life multiplies in, 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 in virtually all aspects of their life. So it's, it's a very uh, important or critical part in, in, in sustaining life, whether it's in a spiritual way or, or in a secular way. Um, I, I tell folks, as I'm talking to folks, and, and, and seriously, in, in my work with our local cancer center, I, I deal with people. I dealt with three people yesterday that they're, they're ending their life. And not a single one of those three people expressed sadness and sorrow. They they were courageous and upbeat. And, and I was touched by that, that I could see that even though they were ending the end of their life and that their, their particular cancer was uh, bearing down on them, the, all three of them had hope. And, man, I learned from that, let yeah. me tell you. Uh, we have a supply closet. And every now and then I have to go in there and get rid of a little bit of emotion <laughs> because these people really impress me. So hope is a multiplier. And and but what I tell people when I'm dealing with them, I, I, I say, you know, you may have had hope moving in a particular direction that for all, whatever reasons may not be happening. So you change your focus, you change what you're hoping in and hoping about and, and, you you made the comment, as long as we're living and breathing and we have that time that there's hope there, I, our Lord always holds out hope for us as we are living and breathing. And and so that's just such an important part. And, and in your secular investment, you knew that the earlier you got started yeah. and the consistency in that investment... And so the earlier we get started investing in our Lord, true right. hope yeah. uh, that we will be there to have that
1: core and that cushion in our life. Yeah. It's those consistent contributions that make the investment grow. You think about it in a Christian, our Christian walk is those consistent contributions that what, that's what makes our hope. Yeah,
0: I'm talking about putting money in the plate on Sunday morning. Yeah. Consistent contributions. Yeah. We
1: yeah. are living the
0: life to the best of our ability. And, and so that's, that's that. Well, our, hope is in, in, our in hope
1: is in Christ. Yeah. And the more we are in Christ, the greater our hope is, right? Yeah. And and again,
0: our, our Lord offers it out there. It, it it truly is laying up treasures in heaven because it's going to be there. I am absolutely drawing a blank right now about the particular verse. I'm going to have to look it up. But uh Paul talks about God guaranteeing our salvation. We all want guarantees in our life, in our investments. And, and the idea, just in this passage that we've talked about, uh, thieves are not going to steal it. Nature's not going to destroy it. That that it, treasures in heaven are always going to be there.
1: Yeah. And the the. Our hope that is in Christ is as guaranteed as are the promises of God, yeah. And yes. and that's where we we have our certainty.
0: Isn't it interesting that when um, you look at a, a bank or you you look at bank commercials, they really drive home that idea of security. Yeah. You know, you put your money in a vault. It's 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 uh, protected. It's guarded. Uh, it's in a building that's in a massive structure a lot of times. At some point, there's a building involved, even in online banking. But but you do see that that's what they're trying to convey. It's secure. It's protected. And it's going to grow. Well, that that's what our Lord offers us. Yeah. And And you're right. Yeah. When we are in Christ. And that's important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think about those two parallels uh, there. When we make an investment, there's an expectation of return. Same with our hope and that we expect to receive more than we contribute. And, uh, and that is the same way with hope as well. And we, when we make those regular contributions by living for him, we have every reason to have hope and our hope grows. I know we're going to wrap this up pretty soon. I want to tell you a, a really cool story. Uh, way back in the day, I was preaching in Birmingham, and there was another preacher in Birmingham, much older than I was, named Edsel Burleson, well known in that area at that time. And uh, he had gotten sick, and I believe it was cancer. Uh, a friend of mine was very, very close with him and was in the hosp- at the hospital and told me this story. It's amazing story. He was in the room with Edsel and his family, they had daughters, I think, of him and his wife and their daughters, immediate family, and then my friend. The doctor walked in and said, Mr. Burleson, you have one hour to live. I'd, I'd never heard of such. Wow. I, I mean, wow. you know, it could be days, it could be yeah. weeks, but but the doctor walked in with all certainty. and said, I want you to know you have one hour. Now, you can imagine, and my friend told me that just rocked the whole room. The the (laughs) wife starts crying. The daughters are crying. And then you know what happened? Brother Burleson quietly began singing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. There you go. And they all joined in, and literally he had less than an hour to live. and, And in his last hour, he sang about what a friend we have in Jesus. That's hope. That's hope that has been invested in. That that hope is has come from a lifetime of living for the one in whom we have our hope.
0: In, in a previous episode, when I was in, in, here talking about hope, different elements of hope, I used the expression outrageous courageousness. And that's what you just described. Somebody that the world would say, well, that's it. You've got an hour to live. Give up hope. No. No, this is, this is just another phase of life. Yeah. And, and that takes outrageous courageousness. All right. Well, thank you, Keith, for not only your excellent insights today, but also for your service to our Lord and to the church. Well, friends, thank you for joining me as together we journey to hope. I invite you to follow me as you can continue to gain insights into not only your journey for hope, but how we together can help others in their journey. I invite you to contact me if you have any questions or comments or you wish to share with me something you've experienced in your journey to hope. My email is ourjourneytohope at gmail.com. That's our journey and the number two, hope at gmail.com. I look forward to sharing more with you soon. Again, thank you for listening. And until our next episode, remember, We give all glory to God our Father.